talk to me, damn it, or else I'm gonna throw you in the fire! You stupid bitch, you filthy! <laughs> Welcome to Flyover State of Fear. I'm your host. Flyover State of Fear. I always wanted to get one of those horror movie voices. You know, like the guy, the radio, the Dr. Demento kind of thing. Welcome to the Flyover State of Fear. Flyover State of Fear. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Get that. (laughs) Flyover State of Fear. Flyover State of Fear. And here... Don't worry, Yusuf's already gonna cut this out. Yeah, cut this out. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, leave in the not... leave leave in the funny part and cut out the thing about Parks and Rec. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So, hello. Uh, I am here with my other co-host of Flower Film, Brian Hurst. How you doing, Brian? Thanks for hey. joining me. Oh, hey! Thanks for having me on your brand new show. Yes. Yeah. This is episode three. Uh, and we will be talking about uh, 2017's The Ritual. But before we get into any of that, um, Brian, I mean, as you know, and as, you know, listeners of Flavor know, uh, we talk about horror all the time in that show, but decided to create this podcast to just have a full stream. We talk about it, it so much, it spilled over into another podcast. Yeah. As you recently said, well, I can't wait to watch a horror movie every three episodes. Um <laughs> So, it's anyway, good to know that the things uh, I say stick with you guys. I always like when they come back. It's like that's good dad that shit. It's like you know, you gotta say it makes me it makes me proud to know the things I say. You know, they connect. <laughs> but that was the nucleus, though. Comments like that was the nucleus of me wanting to create this. I was like, oh, I do talk about this shit a lot. So anyway, um, before we get into the ritual or really anything in this. Uh, Brian, um, I assume that you've been a horror guy for a while, but like, you know, could I get some background of, uh, you know, what got you into the genre or are you even in the genre? I I mean, I know you are, but yeah, it's true. It's okay. I get it. No, um, I, I probably got into, I could probably start watching horror movies around sixth or seventh grade. I saw my first, like. Carrie was a big one for me. Uh, a couple of the later Friday the 13th, like five and six. Um, and now, then, uh, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Now, well, like something like Carrie and all that, like it, it was interesting though, because you're a, a, a bit older, not too much. Would that have just, was that just straight up rental or? Uh... Uh, yeah, Carrie I saw at a friend's birthday. He had a sleepover birthday party and they rented it. Uh, my buddies. Uh, the uh, where I saw the Friday the 13th, like my friend owned a couple of them. He had tapes. Okay, I'm curious. Uh, so anyway, please uh, continue with you. Uh, no, and then, you know, like, I was, you know, that kind of, like, was my starter. And then I'm, like, a freshman or a sophomore in high school when Scream comes out. And, you know, Scream was a huge deal for horror. Horror, like, really made its comeback off of that. And I like Scream, obviously. Everybody does. And it doesn't. So then, like... 
through the rest of high school and then into like my early 20s when I'm living on my own and stuff and horror in the early 2000s was all was all the rage again it was back there wasn't as much good it's horror is much better now there was a lot of horror in the early 2000s but not all of it has held up very well you, you know it's funny and it's funny to mention that because it doesn't right that's what i grew up on um mm-hmm. yeah i think the movies are a little more fun to watch like there's so much like more camp to be watched in those 90s and 2000s because they're not very good so they're a lot more palatable it's just like meaning for like a general watch movies today like what we're going to talk about like there's so many more heavy heavy horror movies right well in the the era and they're better movies horror movie where like you've got something legitimately terrifying like a killer or a monster but the real horror is the existential horror that you feel or the guilt or the like your or your uh you know your depression or your or your grief or whatever it is the characters you know starting in like i don't know what 2014 2015 with stuff like the baba duke they really started to kind of like yeah, and now like- well, it's around there, 12. Yeah, but then, like, and now we've got into prestige horror with stuff like The Witch and Midsummer and, you know, Her- Hereditary <laughs> and uh, the, It Comes at Night or whatever. You know, there's so many that are, they've got something scary in them, but they're not necessarily just about the scary thing. You know what I mean? Even your, even your big budget films mimic that prestige horror, right? Like, like, the big one that stands out is, like, The Conjuring, right? Like, that one mimics prestige horror. It's it's not, but... No, no, it's it, definitely not. It's much more it, of a... It's, like, Insidious or any of those, like, kind of... Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's terrifying. But it, it's one of those movies that... You can tell somewhere, in some point, like, James Wan was like, I wish I just had $8 million to make this movie. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That we're not talking about that. Um, talking about prestige. So anyway, we'll get into our prestige horror movie, The Ritual, in a, in a minute. But um, yeah, so you have that new, you know, kind of almost normal path. I feel like every everyone a lot of people have a normal path to horror. And if I sleep over, I like it. Um, I get into slashers. This is what I'm noticing. I'm even talking to like four people into this. Sure. Uh, I, I you know I'm into slashers, I think slashers and then I grow kind up. Of starts with right. That, you know? I think that's where I more would say started with right. Terrified of everything, then dip my toe in. Mine wasn't slashers. Mine was Dawn of the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Uh, that's actually when I learned I could enjoy them and laugh. And then it was ruined a few months later when I tried watching House of a Thousand Corpses. And then I was like, all right, we got to scale this, this, this thought right, process. Right, right. Oh, I see. There are levels here. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I didn't really get right. I was like, I don't get anything. That's true. I was slamming on early 2000s horror. And there are some good movies in there. There's like some really good stuff in there. Uh, you know, I do think the 2004 Dawn of the Dead is good. I do think like. Uh, 20 days later again you know is another one and there's like some uh, there's always gems but there was also just a lot of stuff coming out i know this so is i shouldn't a, i shouldn't denigrate a whole decade I, no like you're that. you're totally good because you're not ro- like you're not wrong i'm just a fan am, of, i'm just a fan <laughs> of the scream knockoffs as a genre oh yeah uh hey it gave us halloween h2o so that's what i mean it gives halloween a show it gave us uh, an old flyover classic, uh, Urban Legend, uh, and some others. Anyway, um, 
But I do want to ask you one question before you get to the ritual, and I'll, I'll parlay this in the ritual because you bring up a really good point. So do you think or mid two thousand, early 2000s should be the better primed demographic for remakes because of like the recent example with uh, we both just watched Wrong Turn, which is very similar to The Ritual. Yeah, it's got, uh, definitely got vibes. I was actually going to say that like uh, as we talked about The Ritual, um, isolated like communities of weirdos have become a big thing in the last couple of years. You know, uh, uh, Wrong I mean, Turn, The Foundation. Uh, uh, so midsummer um yeah. also the apostle i don't know if you remember the apostle came out I last year i don't remember that one um did not see it but i'll take your word for it now you got uh, another horror movie to watch boom nailed it the apostle write it right down <laughs> um but that's and that's a good point and maybe that's because uh i heard this a long time ago you know horror mimics what's going on in our culture that was mm-hmm. what becomes popular movies so like those mid-2000s movies like saw hostile very represents like you know iraq war torture seeing things on the television really being shown to you and you could trace that back through history of like each decade what's going on the current so maybe with our current stuff like these you know more cult-like things are more you know well just think about the way think about the way the two sides of the aisle think about each other and how how you think your neighbor you might not be trustworthy or might not be because they don't believe the same thing as you or they don't, you know what I mean? We get into these bubbles and that's ultimately what these movies have in them, right? Like there, there's all these, you know, the, the village in midsummer is a bubble. The village in this is a bubble, you know what I mean? And so like when you don't, when you're like, it's all playing into that idea of like, you don't know who's out there and you don't know the people that are out there. They don't share your same values. They're very scary. Yes. So on, the, on that note, I think it, it is a good time to talk about 2017. I guess we all watched on Netflix. So 2018's The Ritual, directed by David Bruckner. Um, I have been liking to give um, – I was surprised by this Rotten Tomato score. Um, and it's letterbox score, actually, because they're, they're on par with each other. So Rotten Tomato critic score is a 73%. Mm, and I was like, that's interesting because I could see also critics creaming their pants over this. Um, and then the letterbox score is a 3.2, which is more of a, just an audience score. And yeah. the audience score for this was a, a 60. Um, I, I was actually, uh, the synopsis, I believe I pulled this from Wikipedia is literally the shortest synopsis ever. And it's perfect. Oh, by the way, everyone <laughs> don't there, give away too much. You know, you don't give away too spoilers. much. A group of old college friends reunite for a trip to a forest in Sweden, Northern Europe but encounter a menacing present there stalking them. Not quite exactly what happens. I will give you a little more. (laughs) Uh, Movie starts off with a phenomenal uh, cold open. Uh, A group of friends are planning their, uh, essentially their guy's weekend away. And they're throwing out there Vegas, Ibiza, you know, the party locations, even like Belgium. There's a good joke about that. If I, I mean, I didn't get it, but, they were laughing. <laughs> I'm not Belgian, um, but they thought it was very funny. Yeah. So, uh, but they're, they're just planning it. And then uh, this whole time, guys, by the way, I'm going to mess, even though there's five names. Remember, I'm going to mess all these ones up. Two of the friends go to the liquor store. Liquor store gets robbed. Uh, the one guy, basically, I mean, he gives the robber everything, but basically just gets murdered. 
Anak basically gets murdered. Does he? Isn't he? Doesn't want to give up his wedding he, ring or something? He doesn't want to give up his wedding ring. And as someone who's bought a wedding ring, just fucking give the wedding ring. Give away. up everything. I mean, the that, guy. Was you don't want to give up your life, right? So the I, other guy, I, Luke, who is our main character, played by yeah. Rafe Spall, who. It blew my mind when I finally realized that he's the kid in Shaun of the Dead who works with Shaun, who tells him he's got red on him. And, like, by the time he does Hot Fuzz, he's one of the Andes, which is the two detectives. He must okay. have dropped, like, 40 pounds, and he just, like, lost his baby fat, and he looks like a man. Like, you know what I mean? I was just, like, a, a short period of time between, like, three years between Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And now you see him all the time. Race falls in tons of stuff. Yeah, because I, I went through their... Um... Oh, yeah, this is starring Ray Spall, Robert James Collier, Archer, Ali, Sam Turgon, and Paul Reed. Uh, I have up here. I, I don't know yeah, any no. of them. The only I, one I that just... I really recognize from anything is the guy who hurts his knee. He's in Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> you would recognize that. I, I look, but when I went through it, yeah, I, I noticed. I was like, oh, he was in Hot Fuzz. And, um, so, okay, so we have a guy from AVP. So, anyway... He watches, he can't, he really can't, Luke can't do anything. He watches his friend. You know, he kind of ducks behind a thing and he, he, you know, I, I, you know, he's self-preservation. I mean, he, he can't do anything. I mean, it's you know, not he like he's just gotten killed guys. too likely, but you know. And the one, one note there, we're just, we're just going through it now. And my one note was like, at uh, first I thought it was a machete the guy had. I'm like, that's a, just a weird thing to be carrying around. I think it's a pipe. A, I think it's a pipe, yeah. which. Makes more sense. It's but it does have a slashing sound when they like yeah, when it swings just, it. They, the sound effect has that slashing kind of noise. This movie kind of had a lot of those for me. I'd write a note down and then it would answer my note like a minute later. Yeah. Um, anyway, that happens, and then six months later, we meet the guy. Oh, one part of the one guy suggests who dies. Let's go on a let's go hiking. Get shut right. Down. He kind of like they kind of laugh him out of the bar because they're also just in these party weekends, and he's like, "Let's go hiking in Sweden," and then he gets killed. So then cut to their hiking in Sweden, and to kind of right. like as an honorary trip to him. Um, what the movie does give you is, um, you know, they get his memory stuff out of like the memory of um. What, what's I'm sorry. What's what's the main, the main guy? Character's Luke. No, what's the dead guy's name? Oh gosh, I can't remember. Rob? It was Roger, maybe. Roger, Rob, uh, Robert, Rob. I think it's Rob. Rob. Okay. Anyway, they they get his like memoriam out of the way, which I thought was very nice. Like yeah. they do they they do their part. They pour it out. They have a very nice scene. Uh, this movie's right. Basically, it's over, and they're heading back to the lodge now. Like yes. they're hiking back. That's the whole idea. Yes. And okay. the guy we were talking about from AVP, his name's Dom. He hurts his knee. And so they alter their course to try to shorten the distance between them and the lodge to get back faster because Dom is bitching up a storm about his busted knee. And so they say the shortcut, I mean, so ill-advised. I mean, this, this at least is, is one of its movies very smartly written, but it's the one thing where you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Anyway, they're going through the woods and well, real quick, before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, just real quick, part of what I like about this movie and part of why I chose it. So, like, we're at a point now where they're in a, a situation where they have somebody who's hurt and they're moving into the woods. They're kind of going into an unknown territory. Um, and, like, some of my favorite recent horror movies the last couple of years have done this. 
Uh, I guess not the last couple of years, because I think The Descent came out in 2009 or something This like had that. strong Descent vibes. That was my right, first... Right. Uh, about was, Trump. Yeah, the, the idea of like, okay, so you have a group of people in a situation that's already, like a real-world situation that's already kind of going bad, you know? And then the, uh, the addition of a supernatural element to that... Um, Underwater is another one that came out last year with uh, Kristen Stewart. Yes. And then uh, I, I also one that popped to my mind that was From Dusk Till Dawn. There's a movie where you're like, you already have something fucked up happening. And then it turns again. I love that you know? that's, um That's a flyover movie if, um, if I've never heard one or not. Um, you're probably not I just put them in the bank. Um, we'll check by that. But. That's absolutely right. Like you, you already have something bad happening, and then we're adding supernatural, and that's the formula. My thoughts immediately were, "Oh, guy's version of the descent." Um, right, even to the point where we have this kind of like underlying trauma that is causing a rift between some of the characters, and has this, you know, that the descent has that as well. Like, if interpersonal, as we were talking about, what more modern horror is doing, like. They're they're really like delving into the interpersonal things of the characters and like the you know the pain and the guilt and things they're dealing with too. I mean this this movie could have been about a a, a band you know going through the death of someone and you didn't need the you didn't meaning the the, the bones of the story you didn't need the the monster yeah um yeah. uh but it it does and it, it's a sneaky monster movie which I love it's it's a literally a creature feature. But it avails itself from being a creature. Very slowly. It like they, they, you know, you're out in the woods, um, they're kinda lost, starts so raining really heavily. They find this cabin. Mm-hmm. And they decide to stay there. They find this weird like statue or kind of like shrine up in the uh It was in the attic. Yeah, up in the attic. Oh, I think actually even before this though, we should mention they come across a deer strung up in a tree. You that know, it's was one of those first things where Right, they're just freaking, things are, they're they're getting a little bit, like, they're on an unknown path, then they come across some unsettling things, unnatural things, like, a dead deer wouldn't, would not be so unsettling, but it's, like, way high up in a tree with no real indication of how it got there, you know. Um, Blood is fresh, there's comments about it, and one thing I liked about it, like, I like a lot about this movie a lot, and, like I said, this movie was answering me fucking questions every, I would write down and they would answer is because a character would go, you're all dumb, as you do with most horror movies. And then someone would say, like, maybe we should go the other way. Maybe we should get out of here. Because yeah. they also pair in uh, Dom, the one with the busted knee. He's a skeptic, right? He Not even just a skeptic. Nothing's ever going on. You guys are just crazy. Yeah. Um, no matter I'm, what, no, at, the I, very, at the very worst, it's like redneck you know hill jet hillbillies out there in the woods or something you know that's so, all he thinks so they see this deer and like brian said there's this cabin and the cabin has a, a wooden sculpture with like chicken feet attached to it yeah. uh and basically you're trying to a headless guy with antler arms yeah it's very and this is when the movie really pulls us into our horror element of it and Dom falls asleep, wakes up, and there's a lot of dream sequences in this movie. And this is right, what, Luke like, is always having, and we've, and actually, it's kind of explained later, which I like. But uh, he, um, 
he's like every he falls asleep in the cabin. And he has a very vivid dream of being in the the liquor store. Mm-hmm. There's always a liquor store. The, yeah, like, it's always flashing back to the fights. stuff that happened when his friend got killed. Obviously, you know the guilt he's carrying and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he like that's you only ever see his dream. Everybody else, but when he wakes up, he's outside and everybody else is inside and they're all freaking out too. Dudes are screaming, pissing their pants. The one guy is naked, worshiping that statue, but he doesn't remember how he got there. Like he's like asleep, but he's naked and worshiping what? shrine. What so anyway, they say, let's keep going. And then, thankfully, they you know they do say, let's go back the other way we came. We'll take the further route. They're freaked out. There's some argument, but that's what they settle on. Um, we haven't mentioned Hutch oh, they yet. Walk- Hutch, oh, wait, Hutch is a smart Also, they ass. walk out of the cabin, and there's runes now carved in all the trees, too, which yes. I thought was a great. That had a very Blair Witch vibe to it. And again, like... I like the way you talked about how it unveils itself as a sneaky creature feature. Because at this mm. point, you're like, what are we dealing with? A cult movie here? We got some kind of weird, like, forest spooks. You know, we're not... It's it's getting creepy, but they're still keeping their hand... They're playing it kind of close to the vest. So so why, Brian... Because you picked this movie. Why? And you've mentioned it so many times. And I've watched it before. And, it, it you know, it, it didn't connect with me as much as it did with you. Why did this hit so hard for you also? I I, I uh, know you referenced this so many times. Yeah, and... I do. I, uh, I 100% think this is one of the best horror movies of the last five years. I think it can hold its own up against any of the prestige movies we were talking about earlier. I think it's mm-hmm. that good. Um, I think it's a mix of what we talked about. I think it's a mix of like the way they are like delving into the character interactions and dealing with, you know, Luke is dealing with his grief and his friends, obviously, you know, other friends are blaming him and for what happened and have not doing enough and in a way processing their own guilt about not having been the one who was in there and everything. And then also on top of that, all the horror elements really work for me. Um, and, you know, and then we can talk more about the creature and how that's brought in later. But like I said, everything yeah, I... falls for me. Okay, just just cur- I'm just curious of the you know um, of every because of everything to pick. You were like ritual. Anyone claim ritual? And I'm like, well, yeah, I wanted to do the ritual, and I wanted to talk, like I said, about that thing about. I just like the idea. I think it's a little subgenre of horror that I really enjoy of a real world kind of emergency that then is exacerbated by the in by the by like some kind of supernatural element. What's cool about this, and um, like you were talking earlier, it's like yeah, it's a real world. And when you put people in these positions of in the woods, but like hiking in Sweden, not not going camping even in anywhere in the United States, right? In Sweden and uh, or like the descent in caves, you don't have to write in any stupid cell phone line. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, oh, like even if you did have something, no one's gonna get to you anyway. Yeah. Um. So. That was a big plus for this. They really take it out of this. And, you know, they, we get some good background about every character of, you know, who they are. They Some have kids. Some have wives. Um, and so I'm just going to – so, you know, more turmoil happens. And then they finally think they get to where they're going. They're all broken, beaten down. Uh, one of them dies and you don't see it. It's more of just another fever dream that happens and one's dead. Right. Well, like the, the, the second night, yes. they all, they all tent, they all tent up, which I would have never, first of all, I'd have been like, no, 
I don't care. I know we all just got in a fight. We're all getting in. First of all, we're all getting in one tent. We're all tenting together. You know, this is too, shit is too weird for us to be separating from each other and stuff. But yeah, he has another one of his dreams. And at the end, the one dude's tent is kind of snatched up. And when he wakes up, very Blair Witch again, uh, the tent is torn up and it's empty. And then not too shortly after that, they find Hutch. You know, Hutch gets snatched in the middle of the night. He was like, He's what I like to call the linchpin character. Uh, in horror movies, one of the things you can that they love to do to like throw things off is take the person that you would obviously think is the natural leader or like uh, who kind of like keeps the peace or like keeps his head on straight and kill that person first. You know who you know who he is. He is when they when they finally remake this movie for America in like four years. Uh, he's Bradley Cooper. Yeah, they should though. This movie's in English and everything. They should just no. I'm, don't, I'm, don't I'm kidding. This. Don't do I'm that. I'm kidding. That that was my one. That it's like <laughs> terrible. That's a terrible idea, Joe. Don't want to. Don't don't speak that evil into the world, Joe. Shh, shh, um. Shh. But so now the thing is like chasing them, and uh, Rafe Spall does get a glimpse of it up on a ridge. And he doesn't get a glimpse of it. He sees like a hand on a tree, but it's he can tell how big this thing is. It's it's quite large, and it's uh, one of the coolest creature design it kind of walks it kind of like chases them into a village they finally do come across like you talked about here like a, a very isolated village um of course they just get taken hostage immediately so there's one thing <laughs> I, like i you know i want to um i've been thinking, thinking this whole time the they go to this village but really from the start of them on this trail is it just seems like this entity has been guiding them to this spot this whole time. It's not like they stumbled upon anything. Like things are happening. There's more paranoia setting. Setting well, after the or, night in the cabin, Luke has like a like a, a mark on his chest. Yeah. No one else like, has it. They all have fucked up dreams, but Luke only Luke has the like weird like mark on his chest. And when he gets to the when he gets to the village, the all the people in the village have it too. So I think you're 100 percent right. The, the, it's the, a chosen. It was kind of like hurting them that way, you know. It's a chosen one story, you know. Yes, yeah, in a way, heard that way, and and um, I I don't. But that's where I get blurry with that theory of like I think they're getting there because um, there's a of the woman you know who dies. Like I was thinking, did uh. Did she die because, you know, the beast essentially knew he, he, she helped Luke out and was, you know, got to her or does that beast just, is just a beast at the end I feel of the like, day? I was going to say, I feel like at that, well, the way they describe it, because they have it, basically they're going to sacrifice Dom, but they seem to want to perform a ritual on Luke and make him part of the group. Yes. Everyone um, there is part of the group. They all have that mark. Right. And they want to, and she tells him that they worship it, that it's a, she gives it a name, but then she calls it a bastard child of Loki. She says it's a so god, it's, basically. Yeah, they, so we're supposed to think, some kind of demigod creature. Um, I have an answer. Um, so in the, like those, the theology, it's actually a troll in modern terms. It's just okay. like a, 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 dwell, a troll dweller, a, you know, a, a, a woodsly creature. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so it's that's that's a good description. I literally have that written down as Jonathan, Bastard Child of Loki. Yeah. And so that's where I was conflicting with this thing of, you know, 
are they guiding here? Clearly that marking means something. It's on everyone's chest. It's, um, it's everywhere. You know, it, there's an entity bringing everyone. You're not going to survive if you don't have that marking. It's not because right. then you have Luke finally, or I'm, do you want to go more into what actually happens in? Well, I just, I, I wanted to talk a little bit just about like, because they're, they're going to sacrifice Dom. And I just think it's interesting because this is again, where we get a little more of a reveal of the, what the creature can do. He's all strung up. He's like basically put out King Kong style to like, let this beast come get him. And then what he sees come through the forest is his wife. And we haven't seen his wife. You know, we don't know what she looks like. But he you just know her, her by name. Yeah, you just know her by name. And he's calling out to her and she comes up to him and she puts her hands on his face. And then we cut back and we see it's the creature. And this creature's like, it's almost got human arms, but they're like mandibles. He uses it like up by, they're up by its face. It's like and a his, huge deer-like thing. It's arms, really kind of hard to describe. And Jawa eyes... It's got gel, which I feel like it uses to kind of hypnotize him. But I also, then later, when it's chasing Luke through the woods, he's seeing, like, the lights and stuff from the... So I think it can, like, alter his perception all the time, which I think speaks to your thing of, was it guiding them? Was it pushing them? I think so. Because it can, like, affect them. Because the one girl says something along the lines of... Well, you're here because you have more pain than anyone else. Or yeah. You're with her, or like something it along sensed this grief, this pain that he was carrying and latched onto that I mean, and wanted to like make him part of this group. I just don't know this, why. <laughs> in this conversation, we didn't even touch on like, so we as the audience saw what Luke went to, right? Like it, it meaning mm. seeing his uh, friend murdered and there and his friends clearly do not believe that he could not have done anything. That is, that is this. Yeah, there's threat. At, least one of, at least one of them, Dom really like flat out calls him out. During yeah. The he movie. calls him out, but you could tell they were all thinking that at some point oh, or sure. at least majority of them. And that has to be where in the terms of the movie, like a lot of their, the trauma and struggle come from, right? It's not only did that, it's he's now this outcast without, his friends essentially believing who he is because the glue of their group is clearly, I, I do think his name is Robert was Robert and they ain't nothing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he then fight the, uh, yes, he burns down their village. We did find, I, there was a cool, there's a weird reveal here that I feel like is one of those things. It felt very like the shining to me where they show you a weird ass thing. And you're just like, what the fuck? Remember he goes upstairs and, and the cuz another thing she tells him about uh about the creature is that it gives them a natural long life she's like we worship it it gives us a natural long life he goes upstairs he he goes upstairs to where they where he's being held and there's like a room filled with mummies all sitting he, he hears so, he hears people talking he hears like chanting in there and then he goes in and it's this room full of mummies and then they're all like alive like just breathing and coughing and and i love how casually he just sets them on fire he's got a torch and he's just like fuck this <laughs> this movie has a good um uh this movie has a good uh balance i don't think there's a scene wasted just speaking on you know with the with the burning and everything yeah 
Because that's one of those things where in a slow burn, there is always that moment where we see like in these horror movies, this like decrepit creature or the mummified people. What the fuck are these mummified people? I don't even put two to two to get two and two together that these were the people that have been living the long life. I thought she was just like, this is part of my like hypnosis crazy that it's like they die, but they're not, they're undead. They're somehow like almost in like a stasis and they're decaying and shit. I so, thought that was interesting. I also I love, like, he punches that old lady. You know, there's like an old witchy lady, and she's kind of in his face, and he just nails her. <laughs> like, a, of course um, you would. Because I, I just watched a recent movie where a similar thing happens, but in a very cine- like cinematic bad way. When he breaks his hand, then it actually hurts, and then he can't use his hand. It's causing trauma. I just watched a movie where a guy... A Nicolas Cage movie, all things, where he had to get out of handcuffs and he just casually breaks his hand in the back of a police car, and then we still have forty minutes left of the movie. You know, he just uses his hand, no problem. <laughs> and and, uh, and at least like Luke is like he's in pain, even with holding the gun, it's just resting on his his hand. Like it was a nice detail after because I was yeah, just absolutely. on a podcast speaking about it was movie stolen. It was just on a Nick Cage podcast talking about it. That's one thing I noted. It was like what. Come on, at least do a little bit of work. Yeah, um, on, Buy into it. So, does that fully kind of escapes and the, the creature's toying with him and staying away because it wants him. It's whatever that 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 thing, what they did to his chest, the creature respects and wants that. That's the, that's the yeah, that's the interesting thing is that the, the creature has clearly chosen him and does not want to kill him, wants to make him part, even after he kind of attacks the house and kills, it seems like it still kind of wants to make him part of the fold. Like, could have done it, could have done it anytime. Yeah. That creature, that's so I kept thinking, this creature, I thought that creature knew exactly where everyone was in that forest. Mm-hmm. The time. So the creature, back to the design of it, incredible. Horror. I cannot stress enough how incredible the creature design is. Because you see more. This is like an all-time great creature design for me. Like right up there with Giger's Alien and the Relic and like whatever cool monsters you can. The Thing, you know. It's just unique. It's um, yeah. and the creature design when it is. You talk about the hand, like the human hand. It kind of has human arms and hands, and the it's almost like a giant deer with a big skull head. But there's almost like a human torso on the front, kind of torso, but a like a hood covering the face and these little beady. It's so creepy, like a like a like a giant deer body. Um, yeah. But the thing with it is, though, in all the angles and shadows, it always looks like a human being. Like even not even just the arms. There's a part of the shadow. Yeah, on its back. Like you said Jawa. It, it's almost got like a hood with yeah. little beady eyes. It reminded me of like a human silhouette, a part of it, right? If you're just looking mm-hmm. at, anyway, it it's just it's clever. And so I did read the Wikipedia of the book. So this was a book, okay. And they do pretty. I believe the description of the book was very similar to what they did come up with for this this design. So they had a template. Um, the difference in the book, and I didn't read the whole thing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of paragraphs, guys. Yeah, come on. Um, Too long. T-L-D-R. Um, but I wanted to get the vibe. And in the book, they, they're just friends, uh, going camping because their one friend is poor. And this is like the cheapest thing. That that's what do. he can afford. Which, by um, the way, that's a lie. Camping is not expensive. cheap. Guys, camping I'm, is expensive. If you need all the, if you don't have any gear, camping is very expensive. I'm going camping this weekend, 
coincidentally, and I went a buddy out at Walmart last night, and she'll be like, what do we need? Because people were going with have a lot of stuff. I don't. But I was yeah. like, okay, I still spent a good 70-something dollars because I, I got yeah. a, a blow, like a small blow-up mattress to put under the sleeping bag I have. I, I had to have fun and buy a hatchet. Uh, you know, a t- I bought things, but it was like, this is going to, as a flashlights, this is going to yeah. add up. Or even if, like, your flashlight needs batteries, you know what I mean? Like, there's expenses we that bought, you don't think uh, about. We bought a, uh, side tangent, We I bought a, for the things, the sleeping bag things were, like, $8, $10. And there was a pump. And I was like, oh, let's get the electric pump, the portable one. And it goes, we need to take C batteries. And I was like, all right, we go to checkout. C batteries for a three-pack are $18 a pack. And I, I need six of them. I go, well, I'm going to run back and get the hand pump because there's no yeah. way I'm spending more yeah. on batteries than the actual piece. Right. And also, like, you're already taking an upgrade to go to the pump plus then the batteries. <laughs> so, guys, not a cheap thing. But that's kind of what I gathered the difference of the book to the movie, right? Like, yeah. like uh, I still think they stumble upon, I think in the book was a church and not a cabin. But, is uh, the stuff uh, about the friend getting killed all in there? Or is that out? Or just... That's what I was skimming for, and I didn't find it. It may be revealed later on in the book, but it didn't yeah. sound like it was. Hmm. Um, it's interesting because that's such a big part of the movie. So maybe what you got is like someone who took the book and had an adaptation, but wanted to like add an element. Like maybe they'd had some little idea percolating or something. What 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 the what this movie has a lot to say is whoever wrote it had a lot of personal things to say. It really seems like someone needed to processing grief, yeah. Um, and even this ending, right? It's not so. To wrap things up, he he does get away from the monster, and you can tell like once you're out of the woods, like it's just they're just looking at each other. He growls back. Is it that the is it that the creature can't come out into the light, or that it just can't leave its woods? You think? I didn't think it could just leave its woods. That was. I my... feel like you see it like when he first sees it, it's in the daytime, right? Yeah, he sees it kind of up in the woods, and I think it was that. I think it was a, just as symbolic. It just has a boundaries to its realm, basically. Yes. Something like how in like the Babadook, like, you know, she screams back at the monster and it's hiding in there. Like this is similar to the forest. Like uh in comparatively, like to the descent, I mean it doesn't do the fake out that the descent does, where it's like by the way, spoilers for everything, you know, she she um you know, where she she you see her get out and then actually no never mind she's actually in the cave yeah um this movie doesn't do that uh he leaves and it it ends it's a really tight movie and this is why i was really surprised i was looking through the rotten tomatoes like just little blurbs and one of the negative reviews was like blah 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 i'm this i'm this and it said, I, I, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't pull it, but it was like, it's bloated. It's a really overlong bloated movie. The movie's an hour and a half. I hour and a half, and it moves. Like, I feel like they're using moves. their time really well. Like, it's a slow burn by look only. Right, right. It, it's got that vibe of a prestige movie, but it's like pretty, like, like I said, like, by so the time, they're probably only a half hour, 40 minutes into the movie when they're hitting that cabin, you know what I mean? Like, they're get, they get things going. I have notes. Oh, my other notes being a time stuff is, and we actually only get an exposition dump of what's going on with 10 minutes left of the movie, which I actually loved. Yeah. 
And I don't think they exposition dump too hard. Like I said, no, the girl she... comes in and kind of tries to tell him, but I feel like it's justified because she's actually kind of trying to sell him on the idea yeah, of the creature. She like, she's come on, course. man, join our call, bro. You're going to have a good time. No, Once what? in a while, you got to see this guy, this thing, put a dude in a tree, but he won't put you in a tree. <laughs> there is a... Um... To pull, I don't know the name of it. You can look it up. I didn't watch it, but there is a full like twenty minute breakdown some guy did of the ending of this movie explained. It's probably super interesting. <laughs> uh, Dude, I know there's no way he did a better job than us. No, he. This is this is this movie's about grief. That's what this movie's about. Right, and guilt, and and guilt, and you know. guilt. Um, Brian, I mean, so. As I've said before, and whoever listened to the show, this isn't a fully review show. It's just to have a conversation. Just had a little discussion. I will, I will say this is, as all these movies have been, because we're talking about, you know, mostly people's favorites. This is a high recommendation. If you're into horror films, and this sounds like something you want to watch, please, you know. It's easy to find. A- Everybody's got Netflix. One of your friends give you your password. If you don't, come on, you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. And if you know the websites for the bootleg netflix dvd uh blu-ray releases let me know because i can find it on google and i want to buy this movie i was there i was so, so told me i really wish netflix would just like i know they put out a cut like you can buy stranger things on DVD. you could buy their popular things right, right? like they put like, like the irishman out on but, criteria but fucking yeah like put a, give me a criterion of the ritual this shit rules <laughs> i want to i wanted um my netflix horror movie that i really liked was cam the, the webcam. Yeah, I remember movie. Cam. That was good. And I w- I'm to this day, I'm like, I just want, I want that on Blu-ray. Uh, anyway, Brian, what do you got to add? Um, we could, you and me could talk physical media for hours on it. Oh, yeah, we can sell you on it. Uh, do you have anything else, like, sir? You know, final thoughts on the ritual? No, no. Like I said, I think we've recommended it strongly enough. I really, like I said, I enjoy this kind of, I enjoy horror, but I enjoy this kind of mini genre that is kind of blo- bloomed. Uh, you can find me this on Twitter movie. at Hershkillies and tell me if you know other movies that you feel fit into this category. Um, one we have not mentioned, or I think you did, uh, was one of my notes. This is actually clearly taking place in the woods of like near mid in midsummer. Like midsummer's still happening, but like <laughs> yeah. this is in the this is the off season. Midsummer's all sunny. This is like what happens in the off. These are like so, the people they run into. This is like midsummer's poor neighbors. Like you know the the, the town in midsummer's all classy with their white, and these people are all dirty and grungy. Oh, They're like yeah, oh, we don't fuck with them. They get government goat milk. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're, they have a much more beautiful creature in Midsummer. They haven't revealed. They, we don't see it in the movie, but there's like a much more. It's like a unicorn, and then they got this fucking horrible thing. <laughs> so, all right. Um, but yes, uh, and as you mentioned, the people can find you at Herskules or or every other Tuesday or whenever the flyover episodes yeah, drop on Flyover State of Film. You can check out old episodes of the DVD Bunker. Oh man, if you dig those up, it's still on YouTube. I don't, you know, some of the audio still lives on our uh, on our audio channel for Flyover too. If you dig yes, through the uh, if you dig through the podcast channel for Flyover, you can find some old bunkers on well, there too. You know, so anyway, hey, you know, Flyover State of Fear, I can't. Whew. So I might give me the bug. You know, I might get back. I've got, I got my bug right now. I'm like, who we get on? Um, all right. You could find me at Chendango One on Twitter, and like I said, all those other places. And uh, stay fearful, all. Welcome to Flyo.
of a state of fear.